Uh, we are in a theme for the summer called Summer of the Spirit, and it's been a blast. I have enjoyed uh, this. We've got a couple of more Sundays on it, um, but I, I just love this because, you know, I was raised Pentecostal. I came out feeling like that, you know, came out of my mama's belly feeling like, man, I knew everything about the Holy Spirit. And in the middle of this teaching, I've learned things that I didn't know. And it's been great to hear from some of you that were raised where people talked about the Holy Spirit a lot, that it's been the same for you, seeing a new perspective of the Holy Spirit. And then for those that, you know, you were scared to talk about the Holy Spirit and, and for you to have a new perspective on that's been our goal is because the Holy Spirit is a help. That's what he wants to do. And who doesn't want help? Anybody ever said, I sure could use some help, right? Well, you have it. Holy Spirit in you, ready at any point to help you out. He's an advocate. He's a lawyer. He's all these things. And, and I don't know, he gives us power. He gives us, I don't know why we wouldn't want that. It's like a lot of people are scared of the Holy Spirit. Why would you be scared of somebody that's here to help you? And I think that's one of the enemy's greatest tricks. I think two things. The enemy has used some things to make us scared of the Holy Spirit. And I think people just being stupid have made us scared of the Holy Spirit. So it may be more people being stupid than actually the enemy at all. It's okay to laugh at that for me to call people stupid. Y'all know it is. Last week, we started talking about some of the things the Holy Spirit does. And uh, one of the things the Holy Spirit speaks. Everybody say the Holy Spirit speaks. And we hit two things last week. The Holy Spirit speaks to us. And how many, how many, if I ask you, you could tell me those, how the Holy Spirit speaks to us. I'm not going to ask you, but you could tell me what they are. Okay, good. I love that. And if you can't, I'm going to give you a rundown so you'll be able to tell me next week. He speaks to us, number one, through his word. So if you're looking for the Holy Spirit to speak to you in some other way before you look into the word, then you are, you've got everything out of order. Get in the word. Have a love for the word. Fall in love with God's word. Because this is how the Holy Spirit speaks to us. It is The Holy Spirit breathed upon men who wrote the Word of God. So it's the Holy Spirit, all right? Secondly, through our feelings and our thoughts, you know, you get those, the emotions, you get those, you just feel something. And it's more than mama's intuition, you know? It's, okay, I feel it, I know it. I, I gave you some examples last week. If you haven't heard last week's teaching, you can go online and listen to it. Uh, some examples of things that Chris and I felt, it was just like, no, don't do that. Or, yes, do that. You know, there's a great scripture in Colossians. I think it's Colossians 3.15 that says, let the peace of God rule in your heart. That word rule means like a judge to say yes or no like an umpire, safe or out. And we're not going to review it on the monitor, okay? This is what, and so the scripture says, let the peace of God rule in your heart. What that means is that good old gut feeling that you just know, don't do that or do that. Even more than your conscience, we talked about that several weeks ago, your conscience will also guide you. It's put there to do that. But the Holy Spirit comes alongside of that and makes it even stronger and says, do this, don't do it. That's through your feelings, and sometimes he drops a thought in your head that you just know that's the Holy Spirit. We have people all the time that ask, well, how do I know? Quite honestly, it's trial and error. You just learn. You learn as you walk. It's just like maturity when you're walking as a baby. A brand-new baby's walking. They stumble. They fall. They learn. When you're walking in the Spirit, you're going to stumble. You're going to fall, but that's how you learn. Amen? 
And then dreams and visions. Holy Spirit speaks through us. How many have dreams and visions that you know? That's, man, God's saying something. I don't know what it is, but it's something. That's how the Holy Spirit, you go through the Bible, it's all through it. And then through the fivefold ministry in Ephesians chapter 4, the apostles, the pastors, the evangelists, the teachers, the, the, the I forget, I missed one. The apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and I missed the pastors. That's funny that I missed that one. If you don't have a pastor speaking into your life, you need a pastor. You don't just need a church. You need a pastor. I'm going to say it again. You do not just need a church. You need a pastor that can love on you, shepherd you, care for you. doesn't have to be me. I'm probably not the best one for you. But I am saying that you need to find you a pastor. I know I love what I do. And I love you folks. And Kristen loves you folks. Um, But you need to find you somebody that can speak into your life. We have apostles and prophets that speak into our life as this church. We have an entire covering that speak things into our life because we believe that's how the Holy Spirit speaks. Y'all just talk to your neighbor while I drink some water. Talk to your neighbor. Y'all are just rebellious this morning. Holy Spirit speaks to us, and then we hit the Holy Spirit speaks, say it, through us. And uh, we talked about the gifts of the Spirit, the word of wisdom, word of knowledge, tongues, interpretation of tongues, the gift of faith, working of miracles, discerning of spirits, uh, all all those, those nine gifts of the Spirit that are there for us. And I want to encourage you to pray for those. They are free gifts Nine gifts that are just waiting on you. And some of you maybe have never had that teaching in your life. And you hear people talking about, you know, uh, speaking in tongues. Or you hear people talking about um, uh, healing, people being healed when they pray for them. And you're like, either that is weird or I want that. And most of us go, that's weird, so I don't want that. Or I want that, but I don't think I'm spiritual enough to have that. But the scripture very clearly says that it is, they're God's gifts and he's given them freely to the body. They're yours. And why wouldn't we use these kind of helps? Why wouldn't we want to know something before we're walking into a situation and a circumstance? Again, it doesn't have to be weird. It doesn't have to be wacko. Everyone is supposed to be done decently and in order. That's how God set it up. But I do believe that we're missing out on a lot of stuff because we're not asking for the gifts of the Spirit in our life. I couldn't even get the charismatic folks amen on that one. Just listen, Watch this. 1 Corinthians 12 and 31 says this. Now eagerly desire... The greater gifts, everybody say eagerly desire, like want them. I'm desiring after. That's what Paul said. Go after these. Don't feel guilty for asking for them. I want to see people healed or or I want to know what I'm dealing with. I want to have a word of knowledge. Pray for them. I I pray for them every single day. All nine gifts, all nine fruit. The seven spirits that are before the throne. I mean, I I got them all listed out. I pray for all of them. I want everything he can have for me. I don't want to just get out of hell and into heaven. I want to live an abundant life, full and free, with every little bit of help I can have. 
Wouldn't you love to be able to just walk into a business decision where you're like, I don't know what I'm going to do. And on the way, the Holy Spirit shows you something about that other person. And you just roll in there with knowledge they don't know that you have. Come on. Wouldn't you love, wives, if the Lord would just give you a word about your husband that you just know how to win the argument? Come on, wouldn't that be good? It may be the, in the next, uh, next week or so that we will talk a little bit about tongues and speaking in tongues. And um, that's, that's a weird one. For, I said last week the two things that divide the church are drinking and speaking in tongues, and we talk about both around here, all right? Some people do a little one and a lot of the other. (laughs) You just decide which one that is. Maybe if you do a lot of one, you're doing too little of the other. Yeah, I'm not even going to get into that. That could just be awkward after a while. But I'll tell you some stories that are crazy. I mean, it's just amazing about the healings and the miracles that we've seen. And it wasn't like people wearing white and smoke coming out and spooky organ music and throwing dust on people. It was just like, oh, they're healed. To God be the glory. Or, oh, you knew that. How did you? That's so cool. I love that. Just at Starbucks, you know? Like, it ain't supposed to happen in Starbucks, you know? It's supposed to happen in church. No, it's how God wants it to be. So I want to encourage you to go after them. Bring that back up for me, though. Now, eagerly desire the greater gifts, and yet I will show you the most excellent way. Remember last week we talked about this, uh, 12 and 31. That's the end of the chapter. And then it goes into what? chapter next what 13 which is first Corinthians 13 the what the love chapter so he says eagerly desire the greater gifts and yet I'm about to show you a more excellent way and then he starts talking about love and this is what we hit last week is that the Holy Spirit speaks through us by the gifts of the Spirit but also by the fruit of the Spirit love joy peace long-suffering gentleness goodness meekness temperance and faith. Now look at me. I didn't, I didn't have a lot of time to hit this last week. The fruit that we bear allows the Holy Spirit to speak through us to others. So the Holy Spirit speaks through us by the gifts of the Spirit, but the Holy Spirit speaks through us by the fruit of the Spirit. John chapter 15 and verse, matter of fact, I believe this is the best witness that you can have. Right here, whether you can talk a lot, whether you have this outgoing personality, I believe the greatest witness that you can have to people around you are the nine fruit of the Spirit. This is to my Father's glory. In other words, this brings my Father glory, Jesus said, that you bear much fruit showing yourselves to be my disciples. Everybody look at me. So what he's saying is, folks will know that we are his disciples by the dead being raised, the sick being healed, building orphanages. Yes, because that is a fruit of the Spirit. Loving your spouse. I cannot tell you the people I get to invite to church because they see Kristen and I holding hands in the mall. And somebody will say, man, I love what y'all are doing. When I get your age, I want that. And I'm like, you know, I, you know, I'll tell you, how, how do y'all do it? We just love each other and we love Jesus. And it just goes into this whole thing. Just the fruit of the Spirit. You want to have a witness to your neighbor? Be nice to your neighbor. They sulk at you, smile back at them. 
Be nice to them, the fruit of the Spirit. Matter of fact, John 13 and 35, you don't have to turn there, but it says this, that when you love one another, this is how people know that you're his disciples. By the love you have one to another. My mama loved this statement last week, so I'm going to say it again. It's not a Christmas tree. You're not judged by your gifts. You're judged by your fruit. Jesus said, you're going to judge a tree by the fruit it bears. So if we have the greatest, biggest church that is traveling all over the world, doing all these amazing things and putting out new records and, and, and we've got all this stuff going on, but we're not loving and compassionate and caring. I don't care that people are getting healed and I don't care. It doesn't matter. The way people are going to know that we are his disciples, that we have love one for another. Look at your neighbor and say, God wants fruit. Look at your second choice and say, not fruits. It didn't say fruits, all right? It says, God wants fruit. God loves fruits too. He loves wacko crazy people too. So I, now listen, let me, let me say this to you. We, we always think of God as this great big giver, and he is. He's ultimately a giver. But at some point, he's also a businessman. God's a businessman, all right? He's got a goal. He's got a plan. He knows what he wants to do. And so you know what God wants? God wants a return on his investment. To whom much is given, I can't hear y'all. Much is required. Let me ask you something. I talked to our worship team this past week on this. You know, you've studied economics. You know, supply and demand, right? Which one controls the other? What? Demand. Demand talks about supply. I don't care how much supply you got. Man, I got a great deal on some fake watches. 150 of them. Don't care. Nobody wants them. There's no supply. There's no demand for your supply. And so what happens is God places supply in us. And then he puts a demand on that supply. I feel like Nashville is full of people with a lot of supply with no demand placed on it. And I've been feeling God speaking to me as a pastor to start equipping people to go to their next level. And Coach Drew Maddox is one of the best I know at this, at looking at someone that has supply and placing a demand on it to go to the next level. So... I am an encourager, that's what I am, but my pastoral obligation is to be an equipper. My natural gifting is an encourager. My pastoral gifting is an equipper. So I'm telling you right now, we're getting ready to go to another level of equipping. We're going to put a a demand upon the supply of what God has placed in us. There is too much talent, too much passion, too much ability in this city and in these seats right here for us not to be doing crazy things for God. You know why? There's no demand on the supply in us. We just coast by, we're good enough, no more. Everybody say, no more. If you're ready for that, say, I'm ready. That's unready. No, if you're ready for that, say, I'm ready. Still don't believe it. I'll keep preaching. Here we go. So God wants fruit, but he doesn't want just fruit. Did you notice what we read? Bring that last scripture back up, John 15 and 8. This is to my Father's glory that you bear Say it loud. Much fruit. What gives God glory? That I bear fruit? No, that's your obligation. You're supposed to bear fruit. 
You're a believer. There's supposed to be love in your life. What gives God glory is when you bear a lot of fruit. When there's so much fruit that it's low-hanging, that nobody even has to... Let me ask you about your life. Do people have to get on step ladders and climb up to get to know you? And to get close to you and to get some of your love and compassion. You have so many walls up and so much bitterness and anger. You've been hurt too many times that people can't even get to the apples that are hanging off you. The peace that you have and the joy that you have. What if we had so much fruit that we just walk through, walk down Hillsborough, man, just fruit just falling off. And people are picking it up and getting a little bit of joy and some compassion. And wouldn't that be great? Instead of them going, I See them hops, Craig? We're glad Craig, Craig Bradshaw is here today, too. One of my favorite guys to see play basketball. Love this guy. Uh, I had to give you a shout-out, mainly to make you turn red. That was the main reason for that. Um, lots of fruit, but not just a lot of fruit. Everybody say, oh, no. <laughs> There's more? If you, if you want to do a good study, study John chapter 15. Fun, fun scripture. But it's also kind of tough because it says this. It says, uh, God wants fruit, and here's where he's going to get fruit. If you're not bearing fruit, he's going to cut you down and throw you in the fire. <sighs> right? If you are bearing fruit, he's going to cut on you so you'll bear more fruit. So everybody say it. Either way, I'm getting cut on. So what's happening? Because he wants fruit. He wants us to bear fruit. He wants to bear a lot of fruit. But then watch this, John 15, 16. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit. Here we go. Fruit that will last. God doesn't just want fruit. He wants a lot of fruit. And he doesn't just want a lot of fruit. He wants fruit that has a legacy to it. He wants fruit that remains. We talk about abundant life, right? That's Our church is all about that. We don't believe that God called us just to live. He called us to live abundantly in every area of our life. Abundant. What does abundant mean? A lot of fruit and fruit that lasts. You don't run out of it. You don't have to set up a retirement fund for it. I mean, it's just, it's just abundant. It's always there. That's the kind of fruit that God wants. So God speaks to us, God speaks through us, and for the next several moments, the Holy Spirit speaks for us. That should have been more than Gwen right there. Gwen, we're praying for your sister, praying for her, praying for you as well. The Holy Spirit speaks to us, through us, and for us. You ever feel like it's just you? How many ever feel that way? Okay, let me ask this. If you ever feel like it's just you, raise your hand. Now look around the room. First of all, it ain't. But secondly, not just because of this. Number one, write it down. We have Jesus interceding for us. Romans 8.34, who then is the one who condemns no one? Man, I love that. Ain't that so anti-religion? Who is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus who died, more than that, who was raised to life, 
is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. So in other words, grace did not stop at Calvary. Grace did not stop at the resurrection. Grace did not stop the day that Jesus came into your heart. Grace is an everyday occurrence. That Jesus Christ, his blood, that body of Christ that was beaten and bruised for us is a constant reminder to Father God that you and I have been set free. He is continually interceding for us every day. Look at me, every single day. That's why it says that his mercies are made new every day. That means when you wake up on Monday morning, after you had a fun day at church, but then a tough Sunday night, and you think about work, you wake up, just wake up and do this. Just go, hmm, I think I smell a fresh pot of mercy. Nothing like just, so that means this, that his mercy was made new for whatever mess you're going to face on that day. It's already been made. It's already been created. It's ready for you, whatever you have. Mercies are made new every day. Look at this, Hebrews 7 and 24. But because Jesus lives, his priesthood lasts. Come on, I got this section right here. Therefore, he is able once and to save those who come to God through him. Now, here we go. He lives to intercede with God on their behalf. He lives. You ever, you ever ask, what do you live for? You know why Jesus lives? To intercede forever on our behalf. Forever. That means it never stops. The NIV says he always lives to intercede for them. I don't know about y'all, but this fired me up this week as I was studying for this. I'm like, you, you mean every day? Even when I forget to talk to him, he's talking about me? And it will never stop. So we know we have Jesus, but we also have the Holy Spirit. Romans 8, 26. And the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. Thank you, Lord, because I am so weak. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us. Remember what we say? The Holy Spirit speaks to us, speaks through us, and now speaks for us. The Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. And the Father who knows all hearts knows what the Spirit is saying. For the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. Oh, my goodness. All right, let me say something. I'm almost done. It's one thing to pray for yourself, which most of us don't. I'm just going to be straight up honest. If we really calculated, and this is not a guilt trip. Don't get all like, ooh, No. Talking to all of us. We don't pray enough. We just don't. We fuss enough. We complain enough. We worry enough. But we don't pray enough. 
Anybody ever know the old song? Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. You youngins don't know that one. You need to know it. Oh, what needless pain. Oh, what trouble and struggle. Why? Because we don't take a few minutes and go, Jesus, I need some help here. Holy Spirit, I sure sure could use some direction in this. Look, look, y'all, it ain't got to be this. It can be sometimes, but not every time. Sometimes it's just somebody pulls out in front of you and it's just like, Jesus! Instead of, beep! See the difference? Oprah Winfrey! Some of you that watch the movies will get that one later on. Jesus, help me, help me. Just... The Holy Spirit is there to guide us. And so most of us, a lot of us don't even pray for ourselves. But when we do pray, a lot of times we pray wrong because we pray selfishly. James 4 and 3, you ask, how many have asked for things and do not receive? How many have asked for things you have not gotten? Yeah, just me? Here's why you ask and don't receive, because you ask amiss. That word amiss means this, to miss the mark. Another word for that is the actual uh, Greek translation is diseased. You pray diseased prayers because your prayers are cancerous, because they're turning back on themselves. It's what cancer is when cells start feeding back on themselves. You're, You're praying diseased prayers that are missing the mark. Why? Because you're praying for things that you can spend on your own pleasures. I'd love to ask you, how many of your prayers have you in mind? Raise your hand. Come on. How many times do you pray about you (laughs) or about your situation? That's what James is saying. That's why your prayers are not being answered, because you don't know how to pray. you got to learn what did Jesus say? Not my will, but thy will be done. He said this, when you pray, pray this way. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. It is not enough to pray. We must pray according to the will of God. So let me encourage you. It's not enough to pray. You need to pray according to the will of God. Well, that's the power of the Holy Spirit. Remember, jump back to that uh, Romans chapter 8 and verse 26. But the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. The Father who knows all hearts knows what the Spirit is saying, for the Spirit pleads. Not just, hey, uh, could you help him out a little bit? No, he pleads for us believers I mean, wouldn't you love just one day to show up in heaven and there you just see God just excited about us because he's continually hearing the Holy Spirit crying out and the, the blood and the body of Jesus crying out on our behalf. And you think it's just you. But they are pleading 
in harmony with God's own will. You want to get things accomplished? Start praying according to God's will. But I don't know what it is. Good. That's when you ask the Holy Spirit to pray through you. And we'll be talking about this more next week. What happens when the Holy Spirit is praying through you? You will get to a place in your prayer time that you don't even know what to say, and it'll just be, you know, old mama's used to, right? It'll just be this, how many ever know what I'm talking about? You ever feel that thing in you? It's like, I don't even know what to say. The Holy Spirit will take over and begin to pray for you and according to to God's own will. John, come up here and play so I shut up, all right? I want you to look at this. I ran in until Kristen this morning as I was finishing up early, just marking some things on my notes. And I ran in and said, Kristen, look at this. This is crazy. I can't wait to share this this morning. Look at the security of this, all right? Are you all ready? Look at this. Look at the security of this. First of all, it's a shoe-in. Look at me. It's a shoe-in. Abundant life. Eternal life. The the fight is fixed, y'all. It's a shoe-in. First of all, we have us praying for us. Secondly, we have us praying for God's will for us. Everybody listen. Don't be looking at Instagram right now. We'll be done. Just a minute. This is important. I want you to get this. This is all of it right now. Us praying for us. Us praying God's will for us. We have others praying for us. How many of y'all love that when somebody just walks by and says, I prayed for you today. I've been praying for you. We have others not just praying for us, praying with us. And the scripture says, where any two come together in my name, touching anything, Believing the heaven's will, it will be done. Not only that, we have Jesus interceding for us. And then we have the Holy Spirit groaning according to God's will. What is God's will? It is not God's will that any should perish, but that all should come to everlasting life. Look at me. It is not hard to get to heaven. It's not hard to live an abundant, free, victorious life. You and I are the only ones that keep us from abundant life. Us. We're the only ones that keep us from eternal life. We've got this entire smorgasbord of people praying and spirits praying and angels there ready to minister. Why wouldn't you want this kind of life? I need y'all that are believers to help me right now. Why wouldn't you want this kind of life? Why wouldn't you want to go home today with more fire and passion and love for living for Jesus than you've ever had? Why don't you want to go through the week tomorrow with a helper, a helper to help you make it through? Anybody receive this word this morning? Receive this word today? Let's stand.